I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. It's Tuesday afternoon. We are in the heart of the offseason. At least the Vikings are. The playoffs still going. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in the next segment. Um, but I guess I guess we could call it news of the day. The the ongoing defensive coordinator search. Um, last week we talked. We did an emergency pod the day Ed Donatel got fired. I think a lot of people expected that to happen. Um, in the past few days, I guess over the course of the past week, the Vikings have requested to reportedly requested to interview Brian Flores, um, assistant coach with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually just finished up an interview with Ryan Nielsen. It's the only one the team has publicly announced Ryan Nielsen, co-defensive coordinator of the new Orleans saints last year. And then they have one more feeler out to Sean Desai assistant coach with the Seattle Seahawks. He's the name that stands out to me because he, was a finalist for the job last year. And it seems like you probably don't interview the same guy twice and turn mm-hmm. him down twice. That seems kind of rude. Um, so I think it feels to me like he has the inside track. It's all conjecture. Um, I'm not calling around to sources and, and, and trying to figure this out, uh, but that's my gut feeling, Tom, when, when you have a guy who got so far along in the process last year, and he is among the first people that you, you kind of bring through in your first round of interviews. I know Brian Flores is the sexy name, yeah. Um, yeah. but Sean Desai seems like the one, if the Seahawks allow him to interview, and I, I know the, the interview's already been requested, um, I, I got to imagine he's the one that's near the top of the list. Yeah, it's always interesting to me when a team makes one decision, right, and then like kind of goes back to... Mm-hmm. to the person that they interviewed before i think you're you're right at least anecdotally that like he would have the legs leg up that they had already interviewed him know him pretty well there's a reason why they they targeted him um i you know it, it, the seahawks seem interesting you know what i mean like I, maybe you shouldn't read too much into the organization they come from because these guys kind of bounce around or whatever but you, you know you think of like the smartest thing they did, I guess, is they knew they had something in Geno Smith, right? But I, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as the Vikings beat them in 21, I was like, well, this team's team's resetting. You know what I mean? And like, um, I understand there's some, there's a tactical uh, point to this, right? Like, as in, um, you know, we can, we can have conjecture over, he actually spent most of his time with the Bears. I'm looking like 13 to 21 and then mm-hmm. the Seahawks in 22. Um, but you know, like, like kind of what, what's their pathway? What's the age we talked about, you know, fitting in with the age range. Um, but yeah, to me, to me, it feels like there's some tactical stuff. Like I think back to Donatel when, when we kept asking him about the gap between the corners and the receivers and he kept giving us kind of vague answers. And I was like, isn't there like kind of like a science behind this? You know what I mean? I understand some of it's mm-hmm. feel, some of it's whatever, but like that is kind of what we're getting at, right? Like that, you know, you think back to Philadelphia when um, Aikman said that the Vikings were in a shell and that's that's kind of the implication, right? Everyone, everything's back. You beat them with the short pass. Um, 
you know, I wonder if someone just comes in with different tactics, right? Same scheme, kind of aiming for the same players, um, many of the same philosophies and just, you know, a nuance, like how the corners play the receiver or something like that um, is enough to change it or whatever. But I think you're right that that guy probably has a leg up. I also kind of wonder, did he, did O'Connell go with Donatello because he wanted an older coach? We talked about that, right? The better on the staff. Mm-hmm. Did he have a better relationship with him? Right? There's maybe a mentor type deal with, um, with Donatello. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of what's I would like to know here. Like, like what, what and why, right? What, what prevented this guy from getting hired and why did they go back to him? And um, having said that, you're probably right. I mean, he's probably got a little bit of an advantage here. Yeah. And, and obviously the rest of the interview process will materialize over the next, probably the next week. I, I would imagine a hire is in place by, by the beginning of next week. Um, just when you look at how, how quickly these things kind of tend to happen or, sometimes not so quickly, um, but there is normally a resolution within a couple weeks, a few weeks. Um, and, and we'll continue to follow that. If a hire happens in the next couple weeks or within the next week, we'll, we'll hop on for an emergency podcast about that and pretend like we know everything about the guy, because that's really all you're doing when, when, when you're mm-hmm. reacting initially, um, you, you look at his previous stops and you look at the, the season that was, and then you just kind of try and project out. So truthfully, I don't know. Tom doesn't know. Kevin O'Connell, to a degree, doesn't know if this guy's going to work out. But that's what you're trying to kind of suss out throughout this interview process. I th- I think it's really interesting to look at the size background here. Like he was a defensive guy with Temple from 06 to 10. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Assistant Director of Football Operations with Miami, which like feels like a big deal, right? A big program mm-hmm. and like like kind of a big title. Um, and then he was a running backs coach and a special teams coordinator at Boston College. Now, I think the advantage the special teams guy has is that you kind of deal with offensive and defensive players, but then he kind of jumps to the defensive side with Chicago, defensive quality control coach, safeties, defensive coordinator. Um, and then he's, you know, the defensive uh, assistant and assistant head coach with Seattle. But, um, you know, I also wonder if they, if, if they want someone who's like, a little more well-rounded or something, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, sometimes if you see the offensive side, you're better able to kind of interpret like what you should be doing defensively and vice versa. But Mm -hmm. he has an interesting background. I mean, I I think it's uh, as much as the bears weren't very good for a long time. The defense was kind of the, the thing you knew, right. You're going to go play a tough defensive team. It's going to be a scrappy game. So um, yeah, kind of an interesting name there. Uh, I wrote about this in, in Tuesday's pioneer press. Um, no, I'm curious what you think about this, Tom. Like, Kevin O'Connell has to get this higher right because he did a lot of good things in year one. But the glaring misstep led to the season's demise, right? Like, he mm-hmm. hand-selected at Donta. And like, you, like to your point earlier, the why did that happen? Kevin O'Connell always, all the coaching staff talks about the why. You know, like, that's one of their big... Things is like, oh, we love to explain the why, you know, behind this play or that play. The why behind why he hired Adonita would be interesting. 
not sure we'll ever go there because once mm-hmm. the hire is made, it'll be kind of all pushing forward. Mm-hmm. But he needs to prove that he can make the right decision here, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is the guy he picked when he was building out his staff. He picked Ed Donatel. For what reasons, we're not sure. It probably had something to do with the mentorship role, a veteran coach mixing in with the young staff. I'm sure all of those things. Um, you probably thought you were getting Vic Fangio or Vic Fangio light, and, and, and you weren't. Mm-hmm. That probably mm-hmm. played a role in it too. But this offseason, as, as good as Kevin O'Connell was in year one, as much goodwill as he's established by by leading the team to a 13-4 and four record, winning the North running away, while I kind of hesitate to reduce it all to the playoff loss, because I I also wrote in the Pioneer Press, you shouldn't do that. You should have enjoyed this season for what it was. Yeah, yeah. All of those things kind of came to a head in the playoffs, and and the thing that separated the the Vikings and the Giants in the playoff loss was the Vikings' poorest defense, led by yeah. the man that Kevin O'Connell picked yeah. by himself to to kind of build out his coaching staff. So, look, I'm not saying if, if he gets his hire wrong that he's on the hot seat because the Wolves, as, as a family, they, they allow head coaches a long leash anyway. Kevin yeah. O'Connell deserves a long leash. But I'm looking for this guy, whoever Kevin O'Connell hires, to just be it, like to be someone that they, they can grow with the organization, with, with Kevin O'Connell throughout his kind of rise up the ranks and his continued kind of rise as an NFL head coach. Yeah. He hasn't proven he can he can hire the right guy yet, um, and he needs to. Yeah, I mean, I, I and I think like with the Flores one, and obviously that's going to be the name people know most. He was all over mm-hmm. ESPN with the lawsuit, which I assume the lawsuit is just kind of stuck in like legal hell or something. You know, I, I guess I haven't um, followed up on it, but you know, it's it's it was serious allegations. There's a reason why he was on ESPN, kind of explaining it. Um, Mike Tomlin got on him to to bring it in a you know, uh, a, a guy he knew and, and respected um, to coach the linebackers. But, you know, I kind of wonder, is there an advantage in bringing someone who's been a head coach before? You know what I mean? And kind of yeah. like seeing the whole, seeing the whole picture. Um, I don't think it's like a, a mentorship type deal, but, um, but again, maybe that's not the, the worst thing in the world. Um, uh, I do think there's some value again, as I was saying, like in seeing kind of both sides of it, you know, the, the downside is if Flores is 41, he may be gunning for another job. Right. You know what I mean? Like this might not be more of a long-term solution, but there's a huge difference between hiring Donatel and then mm-hmm. firing him after a year and seeing how that defense collapsed late and was a liability in the playoffs. And if Flores is there two years and then someone picks him up or whatever, but um, I don't, I wouldn't dismiss that name. They're not going to go, throw that guy's name out there if it's if it's you know just a feeler like he he's pretty he's got to be pretty confident in what this guy can bring even if he doesn't end up getting the job um and yeah i just i think i do think there's some value you know you think about how they talk about collaboration and i think one of the biggest issues with zimmer we talked about how like it was that he just churned through offensive coordinators but he also just felt like a defensive coach that like the other two sides of the ball were kind of a liability right like the the uh, a bad punt could kind of screw up the defense and an interception kind of screw up the defense. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to, um, you know, and, and like, God forbid the kicker misses once or whatever. But um, I think 
uh, if you're looking at the collaboration side, there may be some value in having someone who was a head coach before and and kind of has seen it through O'Connell's eyes and and understands the role of the defense in a complementary uh, three-phase football. So again, I, I'm my guess is this is more about X's and O's and someone coming in and being like, hey, Donatel did this, this, and this, right? But these were the fatal flaws, right? It's probably more on the chalkboard or whatever than it mm-hmm. is any of these other factors. But I do, I guess that's what intrigued me about Flores. He's also the opposite personality, right? O'Connell's players coach, he's going to be more of a disciplinarian. And I think from the offensive standpoint, I think you're probably better off with a players coach. From a defense, those guys seem to be really like to really like to be coached hard, right? Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, and you'd assume as the younger guys figure out what they're doing, um, they'd kind of take that mindset. But I don't know. I mean, I think at the very least, two of these names, you know, pretty exciting. Yeah. And I think like we've said, whoever it is will kind of rise to the top, you know, over the next week or so. I do think it's interesting when when you look at the interview process as a whole, and, and this probably exists more with head coaches and, and general managers, but like the like mining of knowledge that goes on in these things, right? Like maybe the Vikings aren't going to hire Brian Flores. Maybe they are. Um, but if Brian Flores is also getting head coaching interviews with, with the Arizona Cardinals probably leads you to believe that, that he maybe sets his sights higher on than, than a defensive coordinator role. Maybe he's, yeah. he's looking yeah. for a head coaching position, but when you have a guy like even Ryan Nielsen from the saints, who, who is the only person so far as of Tuesday afternoon, that's officially interviewed you as now Kevin O'Connell and, and, and I guess, Quasi when he was interviewing Kevin O'Connell before he hired him and, and that wide array of coaches that were in the candidacy pool, you're just gathering a bunch of knowledge and you're stealing some stuff along the way. So maybe Kevin O'Connell doesn't hire X, Y, Z, but he's definitely taking what he's learned from those interview processes and, and kind of taking it into like the next step, whoever is going to be the defensive coordinator. I've always thought that was an interesting kind of, thing to, to kind of transpire off of an interview process is like they're actively stealing your ideas too yeah 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 you bring them in and like you may be like yeah there's no way i can have this personality in the locker room or whatever yeah. but i i know his knowledge i think the thing with nielsen is he's mostly a defensive line guy i'm again mm-hmm. kind of looking through here and a lot of that's in college and kind of some central connecticut state and ut martin and northern illinois or whatever but um it was at nc state before the saints and and i think that, you know, that's the other thing is like if you look at the final teams, and I'm sure we'll get to the playoffs here soon, but like the if you look at the final teams they get after the quarterback, right? They coach the defensive line well. Now it does seem funny that I was I was saying like the the cornerbacks felt like the um there was some flaw there that I just couldn't understand like why it wasn't better explained or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like why why they were kind of in the shell. But we also know another problem is they weren't getting after the quarterback, that that some of the issues with the shell, if you will, um, while there are some fundamental flaws probably would have been mitigated by more pass rush. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think there's, it's, it's wise bringing him in maybe for his ideas, but also why they would hire at that position, because you would assume he would know a cornerbacks coach, right. Or a secondary coach yeah. and could kind of compliment it. But I do, I think it's pretty smart to bring in someone who knows, who knows the defensive line. I think that's, um, sometimes maybe the fix is a little bit easier than you think it's it's like it's like bringing you know someone who who can who knows the scouting side and we'll figure out who gets after the quarterback and um 
if those guys wreak havoc, it does feel like it will cover for not having a full cornerback mm-hmm. one or something like that. Yeah, for sure. And the defense as a whole is going to look different next year. You know, we'll get more into that as the off season kind of progresses, but the veterans, certain ones have, have a pretty high cap hit. They're either going to need a restructure or maybe the Vikings just cut bait completely. We'll talk more about that throughout the off season. Um, when we come back, we'll, we'll jump into the playoffs. Um, Vikings aren't a part of it obviously anymore, but still, I would say an exciting divisional week weekend, but not really, yeah. <laughs> not, not yeah. the greatest games. hard to compare to last year's, uh, but still two, two really, really great matchups coming up in, in the in both the NFC and AFC championship game.